Hello and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's April 6th, 2020, and this is episode 42. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. Welcome to a special social distancing episode of the Movies Past and Present podcast. My sincere hope is that you are all safe and well during this uh, crazy time with COVID-19. And I hope that movies are providing you a bit of a refuge from the storm. And uh, just my sincere uh, thoughts and prayers are with you, truly, uh, that... that uh, that you're doing okay, and that I uh, hope you feel um, strength and comfort to know that we're going to get through this thing. So uh, all of the movies that we're going to be talking about today are movies that you can actually watch from the comfort of your home. And hopefully this will give you some ideas of things that might work for you and might work for your family. And uh, again, movies that will, will uh, make you feel good and, and give you a little break in the action. I know that when I've been watching some movies in the evening... Uh, they really help. They've been a great escape, as as uh, movies can be, and and particularly during challenging times. I think uh, now more than ever, it's important to to uh, keep your spirits up and to keep and to keep moving forward. And definitely watching a good movie can can assist with that. So first up is a really cool thing that. The American Film Institute has instigated. They just started this last week. Uh, they're calling it the the uh, movie club. So the American Film Institute, or AFI, as it's known, was established in 1967. It's a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating and inspiring artists and audiences through initiatives that champion the past, present, and future of filmmaking. And uh, AFI has a lot of really cool program uh, programs that they do. Um, they've got filmmaker training. They've got year-round exhibitions, although right, not right now, <laughs> uh, since you know all theaters are closed. Um, workshops and and they, and they also honor uh, uh, filmmakers and and uh, through achievement awards and whatnot, as well as they've got some scholarly uh, efforts. That that uh, that they do that are all about uh, upholding film history for future generations. So anyway, AFI is a really cool organization, and this AFI Movie Club is the bomb. So what they're doing this is the tagline of the AFI Movie Club is movies to watch together while we're apart. Uh, what they say this is this is a quote from their website. In this time when we are reminded there's no place like home, AFI has created a global virtual gathering of those who love movies. Each day's film is accompanied by fun facts. Family-friendly discussion points and material from the AFI archive to enrich your viewing experience. So, really, what they're doing is one uh, once a day, kind of typically, kind of midday. I think is when they when they announce it. They they uh, they uh, announce a film, and it's just a, it's a, it's a classic film that you've probably heard of and, and probably already seen. But it's a film that that uh, again, a great film to watch. 
and and uh, something that we can watch collectively. They've got a lot of stuff that they're doing on their social media feeds, and also their website is just a great treasure trove of information uh, about these different films. So this this started last week on May. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> we wish <laughs> we wish it were May <laughs> on March thirty first. And the first film was The Wizard of Oz, again, with that whole comment about there's no place like home. Um, this is The Wizard of Oz from 1939. Again, one of the all-time great uh, American films. And uh, I watched it last week, and it just made me so... Uh, it really made me so happy. And it was so comforting. So, so uh, uh, The Wizard of Oz. And also, so these films are all on the AFI website. I will have links to that in my podcast notes. But I'm just, just going over so you kind of get an idea of the type of films that they are programming with their AFI Movie Club. Um, next up was, uh, on April 1st, was, was Moulin Rouge from 2001. That's the, uh, the uh, beautiful and tragic uh, musical uh, with Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. Uh, that was really, I really, I watched that one too. And, uh, you know, that movie was made in 2001. Uh, it's from the very eclectic and creative Australian film director Boz Lerman, and it's just got the most interesting style. It uses just a lot of existing pop music in such a such a unique and wonderful way. I just had a blast watching it, and although it's a tragic movie, it it, it was delightful. I just I just I just loved it. Uh, on April second, they had some like it hot, the wonderful Billy Wilder comedy from 1959 that stars Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, and Marilyn Monroe. You know, that's the one with uh, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis have to disguise themselves as women and they join a, a female uh, band, a traveling band because uh, they are witness, witnesses to a gangster murder. Anyway, that movie is pure delight. Uh, I haven't watched that one. I haven't rewatched that one yet in, the, in this, but uh, I hope to here in the next few days because it's so much fun. April 3rd's film was Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. From 1964, this is the great social commentary movie from Stanley Kubrick. Stars Peter Sellers, um, George C. Scott, <laughs> Slim Pickens, uh, Sterling Hayden. It's so it is such a great movie. Uh, April Fourth was uh, the great Disney film. In fact, the first Disney feature animated film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, from 1937, and that film is is pure happiness, and and uh, sure there's some scary parts, but but that's there's not a more optimistic film out there than, than Snow White. April fifth film was To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, the the uh, the incredible adaptation of the Harper Lee novel from 1962, which stars Gregory Peck, and um, that's just just a brilliant, absolutely brilliant, wonderful, um, touching film. And today's film, just announced, is is uh, one of my all-time favorite westerns, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, from 1969, starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And, uh, you know, this this one is is a great film. They love it at the AFI, too. Is, is, uh, you know, one of the things that you may recall from the AFI is they often have put, they've put out lists of, like, the 100 greatest movies. You can find those on, on, their, on their website, but... But Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid uh, uh, has has ranked in on the, on those 100 best movies too. So 
that's really that's that's such a terrific film such a stylish interesting film and so uh interesting to the time period too so anyway check out the afi movie club movies to watch together while we're apart and hopefully and again every day that's going to change their website you know has all of the information about where you can stream each one of these titles and they've got links and all sorts of information about uh, each of these uh, each of these films that they are highlighting as part of as part of their movie club uh, and hopefully it's gonna give you some ideas of things to watch with your family Next up is something to put on your calendar. This is for April 16th through 19th, 2020. So you know it's happening here uh, next weekend. But Turner Classic Movies, they have an annual film festival that they do in Hollywood. And it was scheduled for April 16th through 19th, 2020. Uh, I had tickets to go. I was, I was, I was planning to go. And... It has all, of course, been shut down because of the pandemic. And so uh, TCM, they could not have been classier about this. They, of course, announced that it was going to be canceled, but they did it in, in a very, you know, tasteful way. Immediately refunded everybody's money, 100%, uh, for the passes, which was amazing. And... And then uh, what they have announced, they've turned lemons into lemonade, and they've announced what they're calling the TCM Classic Film Festival Special Home Edition. So the weekend of, well, I guess starting Thursday, April 16th through Sunday, April 19th, uh, they on, on, the, on the Turner Classic Movies cable network, they are going to have an honor celebration uh, of movies and moments from the past decade of film festivals. The film festivals, now this, is, this would have been the 11th, Film festival, and that they've that they've put on, and so they're taking from the past ten, uh, and and uh, th things that you know we can just actually all enjoy from home. So one of the highlights of the film festival is that you get to be in the same room. <laughs> they uh, every single film has some someone to introduce it, and typically it's 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 someone from it's both someone from the Turner Classic Movies you know, an employee or an on-air host. And then they bring in uh, somebody who's either worked on the film or, uh, you know, a famous actor or filmmaker or somebody to, to introduce, to help introduce the film. So that's really amazing. So you get a chance not only to see the film on the big screen as it was intended to be, and then uh, the, you know, the chance to, to get to hear personally some some uh of the great filmmaking talent that's still alive today is just you know kind of an unparalleled wonderful thing so uh what they're doing is on uh they on their website and i've got a, i'll have a link to it on on the podcast notes on the blog but on the turner classic movie website they've got it they've got a downloadable special home edition schedule for this for this home version of the film festival 
that lists that lists all the films that they're going to be showing. All the times are in our Eastern time, so that's just just heads up. Uh, and they they mentioned it, but all all listed all the listed times are Eastern time, and they are uh, they are going to show not only the films but also the the introductions that were made at this film festival. So it's, they're going to open it up on Thursday, April sixteenth at eight eight o'clock p.m. Eastern time with. Uh, a Star is Born. It's the 1954 version starring Judy Garland and James Mason. And it was the opening night film at the inaugural uh, TCM Classic Film Festival in 2010. And it's going to be presented by the great TCM host Robert Osborne and Alec Baldwin was there. So uh, that'll be cool. And they and then just it's just basically then three and a half days of nonstop movies with cool with cool uh, content that they're uh, that they're going to to have so uh, and I think there's going to be some more stuff that they're going to announce uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a lot of stuff uh, online on their social media channels too so uh, and again just just a handful of or just just to give you just kind of idea of some of the films and they, and they're gonna they're gonna run the gamut so get ready to set your DVR because they're also running them nonstop too so it's everything from Metropolis from 1927, uh, you know, that, that classic sci-fi film from Fritz Lang, uh, Maine, Germany. Uh, Neptune's Daughter, which is an Esther Williams musical. Uh, you know, I love those. A Hard Day's Night, that great Beatles film from 1964. Uh, North by Northwest, Some Like It Hot. Speaking of Some Like It Hot, you know, that was the one from, from uh, the AFI movie club list. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, which I saw at the last film festival, which was an absolute blast. And, uh, you know, it just, the list the, the list goes on and on. And again, it runs, it runs the gamut. They're going to be showing some pre-code movies. So movies made in Hollywood uh, before 1934, before the, uh, the production code got put into place that really put the smack down on on uh, Hollywood for being a bit immoral. Uh, Safety Last, the great film from with Harold Lloyd from 1923. Uh, you know Jezebel with 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 uh, Betty Davis. Network from 1976. Casablanca from 1942. You know it just it just goes on and on. And they're also going to show uh, you know some of my favorites. Singing in the Rain from 1952. Uh, one of the things I was disappointed in missing at the actual at the actual film festival was they were going to have uh, Floyd Norman, who was one of the last living Disney animators who worked on a lot of earlier Disney films, and and uh, he also was African American and had and had that distinction of being one of the few African Americans that were working at the studio during during the uh, you know the fifties and the sixties and. Uh, there, there's a documentary made about him that was that was released in 2016. So Floyd Norman, I don't, we don't get to hear him in person. Introduce, introduce Disney's The Jungle Book, which is a bummer. But they're putting a documentary uh, about him on 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 TCM. That'll be, and that'll be awesome. Uh, you know, Julie Andrews was actually going to be at this at this 20 at this the film festival this year, and she was going to be introducing uh, the film Victor Victoria uh, from 1982. And actually, they're going to be showing. Uh, 
they're going to be showing uh, Victor Victoria also. And I guess we'll all just kind of have to lick our wounds and, uh, you know, be sad that we won't get to see Julie Andrews introduce this film in person, but it will be fun to, to uh, think about it. So that's the, the TCM Classic Film Festival Special Home Edition, April 16th through 19th. The full schedule is on the TCM website, website and I will have that link in the podcast notes. Okay, one final thing to to, uh, to add to the to the list here of, of some home viewing options for you this week. Um, Walt Disney Animation Studios, which is really my favorite animation studios, is the is the films I grew up with, and I still think today they are cranking out just just uh, amazing films. But they they have been going, um, you know, their first they. they they made the first American full-length animated motion picture in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs from 1937, and again, that's one of the films also on the uh, on the AFI Movie Club list. Uh, but that still is, you know, is also I think still one of the the best films. The last film that Walt Disney Animation Studios released in theaters was Frozen Two last winter, which. If I'm not mistaken, has has become the most successful uh, animated film ever. I think you know it earned just a billion plus at the worldwide box office, uh, surpassed the original Frozen, and and uh, anyway. But Walt Disney Animation Studios is just is just my favorite. So so Snow White was their first film. Frozen Two was their fifty eighth film and that's pretty amazing i have a hard time ranking these 58 films from walt disney animation studios because i i really love most of them however i think they all are not perfect and they vary in quality and levels of enjoyment for me uh so what i've decided to do is just give you my uh 10 favorite Walt Disney Animation Studios films, uh, but also all ten of these films also are on the Disney Plus streaming service. So hopefully you have Disney Plus at home. Uh, I've put a link to to it in the podcast notes if you want to learn more. If you're a Disney fan, it's it's kind of a no brainer because they've got just so much great content, uh, tons and tons of Disney movies. From both the past and the present, uh, a lot of TV content that has been created through the years, particularly for the Disney Channel, and then uh, they also have uh, a whole bunch of Star Wars content. They've got uh, eight of the nine films in the Skywalker saga, as well as Rogue One and Solo, those Star Wars story films. And then they've got the Clone Wars animated series. Of course, there's the Mandalorian, that, that, that TV series, which was just an absolute bomb. If you love Star Wars, that's so much fun. 
And then they've got a ton of Marvel content too. Many of, of the films from the quote-unquote Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, everything from uh, the original Iron Man to, to uh, you know, Avengers, Infinity War, and, and Avengers Endgame. Uh, so anyway, tons and tons of content. Then a whole bunch of National Geographic content. They also have the entire run of The Simpsons, since, since Disney owns uh, that now through their acquisition of, of 20th Century Fox. So anyway, it goes on and on and on. But... So Disney Plus is awesome, and I think could be a real gift to you as you're, as you are holed up at home. But uh, back to the original purpose of this is my ten favorite films from Walt Disney Animation Studios, and I'm going to give them in chronological order because I have a horrible time trying to rank which ones I I would consider my favorite because I. Because frankly, I, I I I love all these films a lot. So we'll just start with the oldest to the newest as far as my ten favorites. So number one would be Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs from 1937. Again, the original uh, animated motion picture that Walt Disney and his team created, and and just the most endearing, beautiful film. I've talked with some different friends and been on other podcasts and stuff about this, and I know that that Snow White's voice can be a little... It's not necessarily controversial. Let's just say it's not for everybody's taste. For me, I love it. I just think it represents the time period, and it represents innocence, and, you know, it really works. And, again, I think that the songs are the most optimistic, wonderful things the Wicked Witch is super scary, but that's what makes it uh, that's what makes it exciting too. It gives you know brings brings some brings some intense drama, you know, quote unquote intense uh, for the genre, and and it's just still one of the all time greats, and and uh, and it's the film really that, that the Walt Disney Company is is founded on. I love how if you've ever been or seen pictures of of the headquarters building of the Walt Disney Company, which is built. Uh, during the Michael Eisner years, but it uh, is designed by architect Michael Graves, and so it's got a bit of a postmodern twist to it. But the columns on the front of the building are the seven dwarfs. They're like, and they're holding, they're holding up the roof, and and uh, it's it's symbolic and appropriate. I mean, it's charming, but but it's you know, Snow White built that studio and. In fact, with the with the proceeds from Snow White, uh, Walt and his brother Roy and their company, they were they were able to secure the land, all the land in Burbank, and to and to build the studio, which is still there. You know, those buildings are still there today, and that's really a wonderful experience to be able to go to tour that, which you can do through through the D twenty three fan club and whatnot. But anyway, I digress. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, one of the greats. Number two. Uh, for me, as far as my top 10 films from all the Disney Animation Studios, is The Great Cinderella from 1950. Now, uh, finally, after World War II, uh, Disney was just trying to get its footing back. And and uh, after the war ended, uh, they were they made what, what, they, what is referred to as the package films. So films that just basically include a series of shorts that were put together. Uh, to make it for you know feature length, and the package films are really interesting, but it was wonderful that Disney returned back to kind of a long form storytelling, 
and they hit it out of the park with Cinderella. I don't think that they're, you know, it's up there with Snow White. It's just probably not a, uh, you know, a better animated film. So optimistic, so hopeful, so beautifully done, so romantic, and and so happy, so happy. So, so uh, that's Cinderella. Uh, next up is Peter Pan for me from 1953. I think this was a childhood favorite. Uh, I just adore this movie. It's got just everything, you know, great adventure, humor, song, you know, great music. And and how can you beat that scene when when Peter, when Peter Pan and Wendy and, and uh, John and Michael are flying over London and, and flying, you know, to the second star of the ride to Neverland. Uh, just one of the all-time great magical scenes and it's another reason why i love disney the peter pan's flight is like my favorite ride at disneyland too so so uh, just just hard hard to beat that that hopeful optimistic movie it it has some outdated cultural depictions in it which i know that that uh can be you know it will understandably so a turn off to modern day viewers but i hope that if you haven't seen it in a while you'll give it a you'll give it a chance and and uh, know that it's a film a film of its time period, which doesn't excuse any bad behavior. But uh, still, uh, I don't feel like it's malicious in any way, and I just think it's 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 a terrific film. So I hope you'll you'll give that a shot if you haven't seen it for a while. Next up for me is is uh, Sleeping Beauty from 1959. Now you're probably just saying, dude, like well, you know. What's up with these princess movies? <laughs> I gotta tell you, if you've never really watched Sleeping Beauty with 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 uh, through adult eyes, I think it's definitely worth a try. Uh, Sleeping Beauty has got some of the most beautiful animation really ever created in a Disney film, and it's really one of the last films that employed this the classic hand drawn animation techniques that that you know made the Walt Disney Company uh it it's the film's production designer was an artist named Ivan Earl and he 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 was a prolific artist I understand he was kind of difficult to work with from the different historical accounts I've read but he had a vision and a really distinctive artistic style it's like it's a I I like to attribute tribute to a medieval tapestry that that meets mid-century modern <laughs> and that might sound really weird but if you look at it and look at the backgrounds and look at the color the coloring and just the way it works i think you might see where i'm coming from where it really does look like it's this wonderful tapestry that you would see of course you know in some kind of a museum or, or or in some kind of historical context but then then these wonderful uh silhouettes and shadows and things that seem very clearly influenced by the current work of mid-century modern artists. Again, this is when when this was made. You know, it was released in 1959, and then these films take years to make. So um, it's a combination of a great movie of its time period, yet also just really, just really gorgeous animation, incredible character design, and. You know, I think, and I remember, I've thought this too, in the in, in the past. You know, again with maybe less experience, 
less experienced eyes that maybe it's really slow moving uh, as a film. And, you know, I think that's a fair criticism, but just enjoy it for the art. And that's just one where I wish we could all go see this on the big screen together. I've had the chance a couple of times to see it on the big screen. And it's like one of those, like, you just don't want it to end. It's so, it's so gorgeous. It's just like you're, you're there in a, like the, a fantastic museum and you just don't, you kind of want to want the experience to end. So, uh, anyway, Sleeping Beauty, check it out. Next up, this is number five. It's 101 Dalmatians from 1961. Now, this was the next film, you know, released after Sleeping Beauty. And, and, uh, it's a very different style of film, more contemporary storytelling. And they used, uh, Xerox, you know, technology basically to, to, uh, I mean, they had so many dogs to draw and so many things that they were, they were using some, some, uh, photocopying techniques to help, to help speed up the art, the, uh, you know, the creation of the film, as well as to cut costs, uh, and not necessarily in a negative way, but it's got such a completely different style, but I absolutely love it. I think, I think again, that the backgrounds are amazing. The colors are cool. The characters are so, are so well drawn and so well created. Who's a better villain than Cruella DeVille? Maybe Maleficent is from Sleeping Beauty, but, but Cruella DeVille is so terrific. <laughs> and, uh, and you just are really pulling for these cute little dogs. Those dogs are so adorable. Uh, so anyway, 101 Dalmatians, super high on my list. Uh, um, next up is The Jungle Book from 1967. Now, I, I've been told by, by one of my family members that I was possessed with The Jungle Book uh, soundtrack when I was little, and that's all I wanted to listen to. And I don't think that that was always a hit with my brothers and sisters, and so I'm really sorry about that. I guess it's sorry, not sorry, because... I love that movie so much. You know, it got played at a at a Turner Classic Movie Film Fest, Classic Film Festival, a few years back, and and I remember Ben Ben Mankiewicz was introducing it, and he was just saying something effective. This is just kind of happiness in a bottle. You know, this is just the most. This film just brings you so much comfort and and, and happiness. It's so it's so cute. It's so well done. Um, and again, maybe not everyone's taste. I, I think, you know, I pushed my family away from it. <laughs> so sorry again. <laughs> with my, with my exuberance about it. But, uh, I, I just think it's, it's pure delight. It's got songs from the Sherman brothers, although believe it or not, the Sherman brother, you know, the Sherman brothers who are the songwriting team, uh, kind of the in-house songwriters at Disney for many years, um, they did not write, believe it or not, the great song, The Bare Necessities. That, that was somebody else. But um, anyway, they wrote the other ones in there, and it's, they're really fun. And The Jungle Book is just is, is just a terrific film um, from 1967. Also, it's, you know, it's an adaptation, um, quote-unquote adaptation, from, from the, uh, the Rudyard Kipling Mowgli stories. And I think it's, there's not maybe a lot of similarities other than maybe some character names <laughs> or animal types, but still, it's it's just it's it's pure delight. Next up is a movie from 1977, so we've got a 10 year gap. You know, uh, and it's The Rescuers. So you know, Walt Disney died in 1966. The Jungle Book was the last film that he was personally involved. The last animated film that he was personally involved with, 
And then, uh, you know, the Disney company was really struggling. Walt Disney Productions was really struggling uh, with the loss of their leader. And who can blame them? You know, because uh, no one, no one, there's no, there hasn't been anyone like Walt Disney. But uh, they finally, in 1977, at least in my opinion, and I think in some, in the opinion of some animators, at least from the, some of the quotes I've read, is that the Rescuers was, uh, was, was, I mean, I would, I, I think it's the best movie that they made after Walt died, uh, to that point. Uh, you know, it's, it's based on a book, but it's about two little mice, uh, Bernard and Miss Bianca. Bernard is voiced by the great Bob Newhart and Miss Bianca is voiced by Ao Gabor. And they, they work for what's called the Rescue Aid Society. And it's this group of, of mice that they live in the human world but they uh they help humans and uh it's it's a really cute idea and this film uh i i i love it so it's got some real um danger to it this cute little orphan penny has her name little girl named penny she gets kidnapped by uh the evil madame medusa and who's using her to to climb through uh, old caves in a swamp to to, uh, to pull up pirate treasure and jewels, and uh, she anyway. So these Penny sends out an SOS and she sends out a message in a bottle, and the mice find it and send uh, Bernard and Miss Bianca to go try to help her. I think one of the, it's got it's just got such charming animation, incredible voice talent, and again. A real dramatic story in that you know this girl is in danger this little girl is in danger she's you know madame medusa is just an absolute crazy woman and and uh, and all of her cronies that work with her now it just reminds me of that quote uh something to the extent of of uh, out of small things uh proceedeth that which is great it's a quote from the scriptures but uh or even you know great things come in small packages <laughs> So, so uh, I I sure love the uh, the rescuers, and if you haven't seen it for a while or seen it at all, I think I think you should try it out. All right, next up, actually, then the next film isn't until 1991, and it's smack dab in the middle of, of Disney's animation, Disney animation's renaissance, and uh, it's Beauty and the Beast, and. And if I were to have to really rank these one to ten, you know, one to ten, or even one to fifty-eight, having to do, which I've tried to do, but Beauty and the Beast, I think, would be my number one. I, I just think it's just one of the finest films Disney's ever made, and uh, perfect, such perfect music, terrific uh, vocal performances, and just a really great movie. You know, it's just just uh, this this perfect musical that uh and 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 such a great telling of of this story you know who's got a better character arc than the beast actually both of them have got a great character arc and and the, and the heroine that they've created in bell is so endearing and, and and so wonderful those enchanted objects in the castle i mean come on it's just you know <laughs> it's 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 a uh, pretty much perfection one trivia note, you know, Beauty and the Beast uh, was nominated actually by the Academy Award um, for Best Picture 
it didn't win, but it got nominated. It was one of five, you know, five films to be nominated. And at the time, it was the first animated feature film to have been nominated for for Best Picture. So, kudos to the Disney team. That film is just just is just a delight, and and uh, and I hope it's one that you'll enjoy or that one that you'll 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 check out. All right, we're up to number nine here, and and we're we're continuing on in the Disney Renaissance. Disney Animation Renaissance. It is Aladdin uh, from 1992. I just adore this film. I, I can't tell you how many times I saw Aladdin in the theater when it first came out, and it still just delights me every single time I watch it. Uh, I I love the story really at, at its core. That uh, you know Aladdin is this diamond in the rough, and he's figuring out how to be himself. Um, of course, then with the help of, of this magical genie, <laughs> but this film, you know, features the, the, the very memorable and very famous vocal performance from, from actor Robin Williams as the genie and the Disney animator, Eric Goldberg was the one who was in charge of, 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 of making, making things work with, you know, with genie's animation, because they just let Robin Williams go for it. And then uh, they put the you know they I mean you know the Disney Animation uh, team morphed the genie into any of these voices you know that Rob Williams was creating. A lot of these, a lot of the references might not make sense to modern audiences, and I think that in the special features they've put some some tips <laughs> to help people know who Robin Williams is referencing. Um, but, uh, you know, and I guess it ages me, but I, you know, I get them and I love them <laughs> and I love the story and I love the music. I think that whole new world sequence is still one of the most romantic and one of the most delightful, uh, do boy girl duets in a Disney film. And, and, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's just again, pure delight. And then finally, last one, number ten, is from the year uh, twenty ten, and it's Tangled. And uh, again, this was uh, this is a bit of a challenging pick because there's so many there's so many of these movies that I really love, but I chose Tangled because uh, in the time period, you know, released released in, in, in twenty ten, Disney had had Walt Disney Animation Studios started employing uh computer generated animation uh you know similar to their sister team up at pixar and uh, and that other animation studios were adopting but that that so that cgi uh design and aesthetic and uh they first implemented it with with the film uh chicken little which came out in 2005 and um, let's not even talk about Chicken Little because that's 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 a, a, a pretty dreadful film overall. But uh, the reason I put Tangled in there on my list is because it uh, really I thought that they finally captured a Disney, you know, the, the Disney aesthetic and what it means to be a Disney animated film in with computer generated imagery. Um, entangled the the uh, character designs are so great 
terrific, you know, just beautiful animation, wonderful uh, adaptation of this of this story. I mean, it clearly is a very loose adaptation. The old edition of Flynn Rider, you know, kind of making it a, a an, an adventure movie or even a buddy movie, you know, for lack of a better uh, term. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a buddy movie, but you know what I mean. And it, it, uh, I think they just aced it with Tangled. They brought back Alan Menken, who, who, you know, starting with The Little Mermaid, you know, he's, he's written just some of the best Disney songs and Disney soundtracks ever. And he, he aced it. Uh, some of the music in Tangled is, it's, it's quite guitar based and kind of, uh, Again, definitely he's got a pop feel. Alan Menken said he was really influenced actually by Joni Mitchell for 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 the making of, of this film because, uh, you know, he, he was seeing Rapunzel's long hair just reminded him of Joni Mitchell and kind of that whole uh, late 60s aesthetic. And and it definitely, you know, it comes through and it definitely works and it's just, and it's just pure delight. And that... Um, uh, I see the light scene where all those lanterns are going off. I mean, come on. Uh, that's just, you know, using computer animation in a way that it should should be used, you know, that really takes you to a fanciful, wonderful place that you just couldn't go uh, otherwise. And so I, 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 I love Tangled. So anyway, my, my 10 favorite films, just as a recap, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Cinderella, Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, The Jungle Book, The Rescuers, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Tangled. All of these are available on Disney Plus. So get Disney Plus and, and enjoy uh, some great films from, from Disney. And again, that I hope that can bring you some, some happiness and escape during this difficult time. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Again, links and more information about all the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. I hope that watching some great movies will bring you peace and comfort this week. Be safe out there, and thanks again.